This is episode 524 on the 23rd of May 2022 and just a reminder to all sports enthusiasts there is an India Pakistan match at 5 pm tonight which channel you will have to find out yourself and which sport well go and search on pseudo media print media electronic media and let them make the hype on it but there is an india pakistan sports match a team sports i've already talked about it in my last episode so i think it's up to you to go and do your research and let's get back the semi final spots have been decided the final semi final spots tomorrow Gujarat meets Rajasthan in the semi-final one qualifier one and then Lucknow meets Bangalore and Bangalore qualified after Bombay defeated Delhi and Delhi were eliminated from the competition but it wasn't about whether Delhi were eliminated from the competition it was how everyone reacted when Delhi were eliminated from the competition how everyone went after the captaincy of the particular individual who is captaining the team how that particular player missed out on a review or how this player dropped a catch or how he is not fit to be a future captain of the national team well we had doubts about players before him we had doubts about the current captain of the national team whether that player is good enough to take the team to a future championship win the individual who did take them to championship when we had doubt about that player's captaincy so whoever is questioning the captaincy of delhi's current captain and a potential future captain for india should hang their heads in shame because missing out on a review or dropping a catch is not the end of the world but the way discussions were happening it was as if it was being said it is the end of the world he is not fit enough he was under pressure well one doesn't know what kind of pressure there is when you are on the field half the pseudo experts who are there either played 15 20 years ago and then they have no idea what is happening as far as the sport is concerned or they are pretending as if they were winning championships after championships they they won 50 60 matches in a row or they never dropped a catch or they never missed out on a review if a review was available when they were active players so let's not go after this particular player he's after all a kid only 25 or 24 and a half years old he has a lot of time as far as developing and maturing because the current captain we never thought he would be a part of the indian team one never thought that this particular individual we always thought that rohit sharma had the potential but he could not converted into scoring runs and centuries and everything till 2012 rohit sharma was on the fringes and now rohit sharma is in that legendary column and in that situation where he can influence who he wants in the team and which players he doesn't want in the team and then of course the perceived imaginary ego clash between him and a for- former captain has also sprung up time and time again this is because of the lack of content 
at the pseudo media level, at the print media level and at the electronic media level. But we'll talk more on that later. But I don't mind if a catch is dropped, it's not the end of the world. Catches, if they are taken, great. If they are dropped, they are dropped. But these are the four teams who have qualified for the National T20 Cup or whatever you may want to call it. Gujarat, Bangalore, Rajasthan and Lucknow. And now the question is which team has a chance of winning? It's a simple situation. I'll give 25% chance to all. When you make it to the semi-final of a competition, whether it's in the singles division or in the doubles division or at the team sport level, whether it's hockey, football, cricket, if you reach the semi-final of a competition, whether the competition has any impact or not, the teams have worked hard. Four teams have made it to the semi-final, 16 regretting moments where they could have done better and they would want to do better in the next year. All four teams have a chance, though the emotional aspect is tilted towards Bangalore. There is not one individual who isn't saying that Bangalore's chance of winning this particular national T20 Cup goes higher. Why? Because Bangalore has been to the semi-finals twice and they have missed out by a narrow margin. They missed out by a narrow margin in 2009 versus Deccan Hyderabad. They missed out by a narrow margin in 2011 versus Chennai and once again against Deccan Hyderabad Sunrisers, they missed out by a very narrow margin. So can they now, will the law of averages be on the side of Bangalore? Either way, except Rajasthan, all three teams are looking to win their first championship just like it happened in the 20 over world cup all you had england pakistan australia and new zealand which means you had two former champions and two teams which were looking to win their first championship and what happened australia went on to win whereas everyone thought our neighboring country would win because they were winning all their group matches New Zealand were equally winning the group matches. England also had a heavy hand in winning their respective group matches, whereas Australia was up and down in that competition. And in the matches before that, Australia surprised everyone. Which team will surprise? All four teams deserve to win, especially when it's the best out of four. And as I said, Tomorrow's match is between Gujarat and Rajasthan and it's a simple equation. If either one out of Gujarat or Rajasthan win, they make it to the finals and they will have five days to wait for the other teams to qualify. The second semi-final eliminator is between Lucknow and Bangalore. If either of these teams lose, they are done. Then the winner of Lucknow and Bangalore will meet the loser of Gujarat and Rajasthan and the winner of that semi-final three will meet Gujarat or Rajasthan in the finals. So all chances are open, all results are possible, all four teams have a chance. Emotion may put things on the side of Bangalore but I am not falling for that trap because it's a trap which has happened so many times before. And then the pseudo experts are always coming with something which is ridiculous and then 
I really didn't like when they went after that particular player, the captain of the Delhi team, because the player missed out on a review or you had to take the review. You don't know what happens on that moment. Yes, you want to take the review. A million things are happening in your mind. You are the captain of the team. The whole world is watching you. You are. You have the potential to be in the Hall of Fame. And Rishabh Pant finds himself in the same situation as Rohit Sharma did 10 years ago. Good player, potential, has all the pedigree, has done well, but still is somewhere in that category of he's not being consistent enough. Well, give him time. If we can tolerate or we can allow Rohit Sharma or Rohit Sharma can allow himself to play till the age of 35, why can't Rishabh Pant or anybody else for that matter? And talking about the pseudo-experts, let's put in context. Sports athletes have a shelf life. An average sports athlete's career is 10 to 15 years. Some may drag it to 20 years and some very, very lucky individuals to 24, 25 years. We all know who that is and how lucky that individual was. But when it comes to sports writers, sports Analysts, they don't have a shelf life. So those who started, let's say, 30 years ago, their mindset is still stuck in that particular era. Though cricket hasn't changed much, it's it's it has a minor change because the bat and the ball remain the same. Fours will happen, and basic stuff remains the same. But the way they are obsessed with certain individuals, they cannot let go of that obsession. So if sports athletes retire after a while or we go after or we create the atmosphere that they are forced to retire because well we say you're not making runs you're not contributing you're not scoring enough goals your reflexes are waning your eyesight is going down well then why can't we say the same of or we need fresh players younger players then why can't we say the same for sports writer, sports analyst because there are a few individuals who have been doing it for 30 years fair enough but then should shouldn't they also have a shelf life yes they should shouldn't they think that okay let me hand over my chair to another young enthusiastic writer who can write something novel just as a sports athlete gives way to younger self who then gave way to younger selves when they finished their career and this thing goes on and on so on and so forth so these are some of the individuals who i think should retire because they have been doing it for 15 years fair and they have the experience but then they are not they're reluctant to leave the chair and allow others they have taken hold over print media, pseudo media, that the print media doesn't allow anyone else to write an article for them or pseudo media when they put their pseudo stuff on pseudo media. That's the only thing that is trending or popular, whether it's negative, positive or otherwise. And of course, electronic media, they're called by electronic media channels to give their viewpoints on the particular match or whatever be the situation i think they should allow younger lot they should say no we are done we have reached that age where our intellect no longer is in sync with what i should be writing 
and they keep saying modern day sports that themselves stuck in the medieval era and they keep saying modern day sport couldn't be a highly paradoxical situation so for me these six seven individuals need to go and give way to a younger fresher lot who might change things there is no modern day writing in this particular sport because sports remain the same we only give it a very superficial cover called modern day sports nothing changes just as when you talk about Roland Garros or French Open it doesn't matter whether you're playing on clay courts or artificial courts it really doesn't matter or you're playing on grass courts courts and such things are irrelevant and insignificant but these individuals are now irrelevant and insignificant and they need to give way to a younger lot because their shelf life is done and they have to go talking about individuals so the selectors use their limited intellect to select the team for the india south africa series it did shake things up because umran malik was given an opportunity to be part of the team so was archdeep singh and then of course the likes of rohit and kohli were rested or wanted a break whatever be the thought process behind that so i think it's a decent team there are a few people missing which really annoy me there is no kunal pandya and there are other all-rounders who should be in the team who they are will discuss this in detail on another day but Dinesh Karthik in the team that might bring up some questions he wanted to be part of the team but if he doesn't perform in this tournament this is almost like an audition if you don't count the national t20 cup as enough audition he has to do well at the national team level so what will be the 11 well Rahul has been made the captain no one is surprised there are three wicket keepers Sanju Samson misses out I am annoyed Prithvi Shaw misses out, it really annoys me. And then Jadeja and Ashwin are not there because they will be preparing for the test tournament against England which was postponed last year due to the imaginary virus. As I said, Kunal Pandya misses out. They could have added a few players, it would have made no difference. They could have added the likes of Rahul Chahar, another good spinner. They could have added someone like Kunal Pandya, a left-arm spinning all-rounder along with Aksa Patel. They could have added Prithvi Shaw in terms of being an opener. They could have added Sanju Samson, another. I don't think four wicket-keepers would have made any difference. But whatever was the limited intellect of the selectors, they used it fully and they perhaps finished whatever was there in their limited intellect and they selected this team. Of course, no team selection is ever perfect. We always say, why this player and why not this player and why not a Prithvi Shaw or a Sanju Samson in place of Dinesh Karthik or why not X in place of Y. You can only have limited number of players and that's all you can do. But it's a good team. You have two fast bowling all-rounders in Pandya and Venkatesh Ayer along with a semi-all-rounder in Bhumneshwar Kumar. You have a couple of spinning all-rounders in Aksar Patel and Deepak Huda. And then I think it's a good team. And the India-South Africa series will kind of decide what happens as far as the World T20 Championship is concerned. But moving on, 
the firebrand team also has been announced nothing new a few players are common from the 20 over team if you look at it a few players were not part of that team i think it's a decent team to i still think i would have added a hardik pandya to be part of the team i don't care if it's red ball white ball pink ball yellow ball green maroon whatever or the seven colors of the rainbow it doesn't matter i would have added hardik pandya in the team i would have added bhuvneshwar kumar as a part of the team it doesn't matter whether he, whether he hasn't played the ranji trophy version for a while as long as you can bowl it doesn't matter whether it's 50 overs 20 overs 5 day 10 day whatever it's still a decent team and this team is there because of the fact that the test last year was postponed to this year and 12 points are at stake of a position in the final of the world test world cup is at stake people have people have forgotten about this but this tournament is equally important and i'm going to predict something but that i will predict in the next episode so i think it's a decent team and good good all-rounders in hanuma vihari ravindra jadeja ravichandran ashwin shardul thakur good all-rounders fast bowling is good enough umesh yadav mohammad shami jaspreet bumrah mohammad siraj prasad krishna of course ishan sharma misses out that's a sad moment but whatever the selectors had in mind pujara comes in because he did well in the same place where they are going so he is the only player if you can get into the technicalities who is acclimatized to what will happen over there after he has played the local tournament just like these players were playing this local tournament but that tournament was not televised which is well it's ridiculous ridiculous but that's how it is these are the two teams you can always debate why this player is there why is he not there and of course we look at shelf life and say that at 36 and a half 37 a player is old well these individuals most of them are over 70 and they're still continuing though their intellect is waning day by day so why can't we have a player at 37 or give him a chance at 37 why not and there is nothing wrong in that and then newspapers say hartik pandya makes a comeback there is no comeback or there is no return to the team good all rounders which 11 will play and who will miss out you don't know i don't know i'll talk more about the umrad malik situation i'll give an example but at a later stage but let's move on to something different climate change is a discussion which has been happening over the past 3 4 years and there are concerns being shown for me climate change is just a discussion it has no substance it has no discussion worthy time period it's nothing more than a hoax and why is it there because there's a concern about the greenhouse gases the sea levels and the ocean at acidification and other aspects let me give you some statistics which have been curated whether these statistics are accurate or they have been fabricated we will never know because we tend to believe and it's a willing suspension of disbelief and that's the way human mind works so the global mean temperature in 2021 was 1.1 degree above the 
1850-1900 average. 2021 was the sixth warmest during the most recent seven years. As if before, everything was perfect. Right? There was no climate change. There was no rise of global mean temperature. 2015-21 were, however, the seven warmest years on record. Before, everything was fine. There is no proof of that. 2020 was less warm than some recent years due to the influence of La Nina conditions at the start and end of the year. These are just statistics and things being thrown. One cannot really put this in a pedestal. Greenhouse gas concentration reached a new global high in 2020 and continued to rise in 2021 and even in early 2022. We all know why greenhouse gases rise because of the gadgets we use and I'll talk about that as this particular episode progresses. Increase in greenhouse gases levels in the atmosphere happen due to human activities. Blame humans for everything. Blame a region for everything. It's so easy to blame the best for all the problems in the world at the culture level, at the temperature level and say that other countries are on the other hand trying to prevent and protect the environment and culture while certain parts of the world are adding to the problems. I don't think this is the time for any kind of regional line. I think all countries, every region of this world is equally responsible for greenhouse gas rising. If there is one, no one country can be absorbed of such a situation if there is one. Global mean sea level reached a new record high in 2021. Of course, 2021 was a bad year. Everything, every wrong thing that happened, happened in 2021. Human activity increased. We started doing things which are no-no. Increase at an average of 4.5 mm per year over the period 2013 to 2021. As if the 90s and 2000s were a very good era. As if human activities were less. Well, I disagree with that. I think 90s, 70s, 80s are equally responsible for all the issues of climate hoax, whether it's a charade, a concern or a hoax, if we have to go into the climate change direction, then let's say that 70s, 80s use of coal is responsible for what is happening today. And now this this propensity to further the use of elect, electric vehicles is just a hoax and a fabrication of ice melting, more acidic ocean acidification increases, which is new record level. Nobody knows what is a record level. Higher acidification threatens organisms and ecosystem services and hence food security, tourism and coastal production. These are just names being thrown. And even if there is an issue, let's not worry too much about it. 2002 was a 2021 was a particularly punishing year for glaciers in Canada and US Northwest with record ice mass loss as a result of heat waves and fires. Of course, get in the heat wave discussion. Greenland experienced an exceptional mid-August melt event because temperature reached 50 degrees all over the world. But 
then comes the question if it was the virus for a short period which forced people to change their travel patterns should we allow climate change to change our travel patterns no if i have to travel i will travel and then of course the question is don't travel by air transport because as it says it contributes to greenhouse gas don't use this don't eat this don't eat that don't buy new things and be sustainable use green products well if i have to shop i'll shop and if that's the concern and why don't we go back why don't we do something let's go back 1000 years let's go into the forest and let's just cover our essential parts and be and not wear anything isn't that the best thing isn't that what the so called ancient people used to do let's not wear clothes why are we wearing clothes if it if it rains too much there's a problem if there is too much of heat or if temperatures are rising there is a problem if the ice cap melts if it freezes too much there's a problem the world is always affected by some crisis or the other it's not as if 1940s were a very quiet period that period had its own issues every period every 10 years will have its own issues and then there is this tendency to encourage individuals to use public transport well you cannot use public transport all the time if you're going to a place where public transport is 2 to 3 kilometers away from the actual place which means i descend from the metro or the bus i take an auto to that place i am adding to the greenhouse gases because then i use the metro which is also which which is on elevated track which means construction material was used which means dust was created adding to the pollution and then public transport buses most of the time the buses are not well maintained their metallic outside parts are getting corrugated which means they have to be maintained they have to be furnished they have to be repainted you're using paint the same paint which emits toxic fumes and then it adds this whole greenhouse gas story and then when it comes to climate change activists there they are superficial and their cosmetic concerns on carbon footprint global warming and reducing environmental impact is a joke because we have been discussing this forever we you you stay at okay so i am staying at home for example i'm consuming internet and i'm also using my computer which means i'm using electricity which means there's a higher demand for electricity which means coal has to be used more which means coal as well as hydroelectricity has to be used there's a peak demand forget the heat you are at home you will be using your internet internet is equally responsible for carbon footprint and global warming you are at home you have to use the computer you cannot not use the computer using the computer for watching videos or reading novels nowadays people are obsessed with reading novels on your devices you have then you have to charge your device which means using electricity once again so how is it helping it's not helping at least when i go out i can switch off my computer i may be using transport but at least i can switch off the computer i can 
not lose my phone all the time and then I can meet somebody face to face. Meeting somebody face to face is less severe than using your compute at home and then talking to somebody through a video which doesn't have any impact on any kind of thing. Global warming, warming conversations have been there forever. So let's stop taking it seriously because it's never going to end. And then blaming a certain period. For example, this article says 2015 to 2021 before that everything was perfect. That's absolute nonsense. We only woke up in 2015. We allowed in the 70s and 80s to use diesel. We allowed pollution emitting public transport, pollution emitting private transport, pollution emitting diesel trains to be used. Nobody thought about it because, because of resources and suddenly we are blaming human activities. Human beings have to engage themselves in activities. Human beings cannot not be involved in activities. So this whole thing, this whole thing that human activities are to be blamed, well then blame it on the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s equally. Don't just concentrate on a certain period because it really doesn't count, it doesn't affect me. This ends episode number 524 on the 23rd of May 2022. I will be back with episode number 525 on the 25th of May 2022.